Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. Uh, I am your host, Adam Thornton, and we are hopefully live uh, across YouTube, Facebook and Twitter for tonight's uh, first flagship of the season. Joining me is David Edgar. David, how are you? Uh, uncomfortable. Um, as, as you know, I don't like doing videos and in the, the spirit of compromise inherent in me, therefore, 11, 12 years in, we haven't done any uh, live live video things but i'm here um i'm even wearing a shirt and everything so but if anybody says you've got a face for podcasts i know that's why i don't <laughs> do these but adam insisted so here i am yeah and we've got a tiktok as well don't we we're actually moving into the is that the 21st I, century i'm not too I, sure I, i've given up on life clearly i but we do we have a tiktok and we have all that other all that jazz and we've also got cammy bell with us cammy hello that's a lovely backdrop you've got behind your house things um all good thank you for having me on i will make my excuses early doors for the fact that i am three weeks into a new house and done absolutely no decorating so yes very much a a plain uh, pastiche that i've got going on here as well and i've been on this podcast long enough that i remember when we used to call it the facebook so the fact that we're doing this now and going on to all these different platforms absolutely blows my mind. So, yes, thank you for having me on. Yeah, we've been doing this for, well, you guys have been doing it for a lot longer than me, but it is still a little bit nerve-wracking when you you try something different. So please bear with us. Um, we will see how things go. Um, here we've got our first comment. Uh, Robert Crawford has said, thanks, guys, for the live, live chat listening from Barry, South Italy. Um, welcome, Robert. Um, hope you're enjoying it. Um, we will get some comments coming through. We'll try our best to um, manage them as they come through. Like I said, it is very new for us, but we can see the viewers starting to to creep up. So that's good news. We'll we'll just get on with it. So, David, uh, first game of the season on on Saturday. Um, I wasn't there. I was I was on holiday, but I did manage to watch it. Um, much to my wife's you annoyance. Were in Italy. I was in Italy, yeah, in Bologna, but much to my wife's annoyance, I managed to disappear for, for two hours. I just claimed because I'm blonde and bald and it was the hottest time of the day. It was really for everybody's safety if I went back to the hotel room with uh, a couple of beers. So that's what I did. Um, but you made the trip through. Uh, you were impressed. Mm-hmm. Um, what were your, your thoughts, uh, I guess, pre-game with, with the lineup that, that came out? What were your initial thoughts on that one? Uh, I think there were only two questions going into the match about who was... Uh, I'm looking at Warwick Davis here. Honestly, I, I can't believe you're making me do this. Uh, I, uh, there were only two questions for me going into the game was one, who would be in goals, and uh, two, who would be at centre-back. I think the rest of the team, given the injury situation, kind of picked itself. And the big decision straight away was that it was John McLaughlin who was chosen ahead of, uh, ahead of Alan McGregor. That doesn't mean, incidentally, that I think that decision is a permanent or a complete one. I'd feel more confident 
speaking about that after tomorrow night, after we have a look uh, and see, because I can certainly see the manager um, turning to Alan McGregor. Uh, I don't think John McLaughlin had an awful lot to do. You can possibly talk, and we will, about his positioning for the first goal. You could also argue that he quite understandably didn't expect those two mistakes that happened very quickly in front of him. Um, and in terms then of the centre-back thing, I wondered if maybe James Sands would get the nod. Uh, John Suter got the nod. And I can understand that as well because um, it, a big forward who had a terrific game, incidentally, Nubly was was superb. But I think the manager would think, well, John has played in this league. Um, he is from the SPFL. And I thought that he might therefore get the nod. But um, he didn't. And um, uh, he did give the nod to, to Suter. And I'm sure we're going to discuss the outcome of that. But I would, I would look... Um, Labradales. I needed a break at the end of last season. Um, it was a long season, but raring to go. And there's nothing like turning up first game of the season. You know the Bears were arriving, and of course, Livy being Livy, it's three st- three stands. Our Rangers fans, and then in the home end, it's full of Rangers fans. So it's kind of like a home away from home. Yeah, it's quite surreal. Um, Cammy, uh, David mentioned it there, but Alexander McDonald has, has jumped in on the Facebook to say he thinks McGregor will be in goals tomorrow night. It's going to be quite interesting. I don't think this is going to go away, um, regardless of if, if McLaughlin makes a mistake, and we'll come on to the, the goal in a wee second. But regardless of that, regardless of whether McGregor comes in and plays well, I think just because we're so used to McGregor, um, anytime one of them slips, uh, I guess, we're, we're going to have this conversation again, this, the same as last year. Um, but talking about the game specifically, um, what do you think uh, in terms of that goal? Obviously, it's a long diagonal. You could tell Livingston were were definitely planning um, to get in between Barisic and Suter. I think all of their five shots came from from that kind of left hand side of of Rangers uh, Rangers uh, defence. They got us in that kind of first five minutes. But what was your take on on the goal? I don't want to say who was at fault, but there was a few things in there. I think we could have done a little bit better. Albeit it was a, a very good finish. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there was definitely a few individual errors that definitely didn't help. And that. the culmination of that <clears throat> led to Livy taking the lead. Um, there's, I think, a unilateral agreement of, amongst most of us that, you know, Dave Martindale's a very good coach. It wouldn't surprise anyone, to, as you rightly said, Adam, that he, he, he's no doubt given the, the directive to drive towards Suter specifically. Uh, because again, like you say, he's very much finding his feet within the team, and Goldson's a more experienced and, and you know better defender. So absolutely go for that slightly weaker of the two, which makes perfect sense. Um, I was a bit concerned looking back at the goal about how far John McLaughlin was off of his line, and I would expect him to be that far if you know the 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 play was further up the park. But it's pretty much just in the edge of his box, and then it is a great finish. There's no doubt about that. I I, I think Dubly for me, probably had a great game, but I think it's an anomaly more than, you know, a, a, a typical nah, game for a good player. He's yeah, a great player he, every week. But he, he has strength and everything came off. And he does. In the context, Cammy, a Livington staff member turned round to the press section after the uh, after that goal went. He couldn't hit a cow's ass with a banjo in training this <laughs> week. Yeah. And then yeah, he does and, that. And, and listen, it's only going to happen against one team, and you know it's going to be up. Oh, 100%. No. Oh, to be fair to Livy, um, they do give uh, that lot a game. Whenever yeah, they do. Up, yeah, of course. So. I mean, I'm, as I say, just in terms of... They're not Aberdeen. Uh, yeah. Um, I think the, the point that, that you make, Adam, certainly a valid one, because I think what we need to be able to make sure that we don't do is compare keeper for keeper when it comes to, you know, in-game incidents. So, you know, McGregor would have saved that. McLaughlin would have come off his line, blah, blah, blah. We're just going to have to accept the fact that we've got a rotation of two very good goalkeepers. Um, yeah. And I, I think, you know, always try to look in the positive with things. I think the, the, the positive aspect of that is that we're kind of spoiled for choice. Whether people acknowledge that or not, I don't know, because it feels very much like you've got a very loyal camp to Alan McGregor because of time served, and that's totally understandable. The most important thing, I think, for me is that those two continue to challenge each other for that position and to be able to try and, and better each other within training. I think it was a, a sore goal to lose, but I also think it was not typical of John McLaughlin. I don't believe he makes a lot of mistakes like that as well. So we can't uh, hang him out to dry in that one. It will be interesting, I think, as David says, to see who we go with tomorrow, because I do think we will rotate and bring McGregor in um, for that European game. So 
uh, yeah, a disappointing goal to lose, I think, from a number of, of aspects. But uh, fortunately, it wasn't the decider. David, we need to talk about, I guess, John Suter. I think the reaction has been a little bit over the top, if I'm being honest. And I say that as someone who who maybe didn't think he was coming in to be uh, a first-pick centre-half. Um, I think, obviously, Conor Goldson's comments today, probably um, the, the players are agreeing with that. It is obviously very early days. We have to caveat with... He's playing in a back four. He's he's not played that for for ages. He's he's on the left hand side of of the centre half. So again, something he's not used to. He's probably quite similar to to Goldson and wants to do the same kind of things as him. So maybe he's having to learn not to be the dominant centre half um, in a team. He's getting more of the ball, all that sort of stuff. But that being said, there was probably some basic things in there in terms of physicality that we would have been expecting him to be a little bit better at in the what, hour or so that he got. Um, how would you? rate his, his performance overall? Look, we can't sit here and try to persuade anyone that it was a good performance because it wasn't. Um, he was very poor and he got substituted because he was poor. So he had a very poor debut. Okay, it, 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 That's a fact. I think it's come out in the last 24 hours that he's recently suffered a bereavement and we do forget these guys are human beings. Um, but we also do forget that this is a hell of a jump for John Suter. He's been playing at Hearts um, very comfortable there. He comes to Rangers with the crazy level of expectation that comes. Having to win every game, not a pressure that he's faced before, knowing that any mistake is going to be picked up upon and playing in a slightly different position, playing on the, the left side of centre-back. So all of those are factors that I think we do need to consider uh, over and above that it's really unfair to judge anybody on one game. Um, against that, it's, it's Rangers and people will... I think, um, make it make their mind up pretty quickly. Now, it's difficult to, to get that back. We've seen an example of it recently with John Lundstrom. But, I mean, John Lundstrom had to be absolutely fantastic against some of the best teams that we could come up against to, to get that sort of approval. Um, it, it, I tend to think that we should just write this one off as it was a very bad day. Um there are things, though, that, that were concerning for me um, in terms of can he play as a left-sided centre-back? And I think that's a deeper issue because it's not natural. You're turning the wrong way. Um, you're, you're, it's, it, everything needs to be thought about that you normally do by rote. And uh, we've heard footballers talk about that before. We've certainly heard footballers talking about how it's, it's different even just changing flank for a full-back because all your natural body movements have to have to alter. Um, and on top of that, I think that we just had a day where, Cammy mentioned earlier, uh, the Livingston striker had, you know, one of the best games you'll probably ever play. Uh, and John Suter had probably one of the worst ones he's played for a long, long time. So uh, far too early, Conor Goldson spot on, far, far too early to be making your mind up or writing them off. But he does have a challenge for a, a, a spot here, let's be honest. Goldson is going to play if he's fit. That right side of defence is sewing up. Goldson will take that role. Um, and I don't think Rangers spend three million, possibly four million with add-ons on a player as backup either. Then you factor in, although it doesn't look as though it's going to happen very well, Philip Hellander, um, his fitness could go up as well. So and you, you have young Leon King who's banging on the door of the first team. So it's going to be tough for him, but um when you sign for Rangers, you're going to have tough periods. Comes through this, Adam will be flying. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I don't think would he himself really expect to to come in and be an undisputed first pick. I'm not sure anybody really would of the signings that that we brought in. So, um, interesting to see how it goes. Very early days. Andy Sawyer says on on YouTube, but he hasn't travelled with the team. I think that's correct, isn't it, David? He's not made the he didn't make the plane. I'm sure Chris Jack was reporting that earlier on. He hasn't yeah. went with the team to Belgium, so he won't be there tomorrow. Um, ben Davies is almost is all, all is there. Um, we've obviously got James Sands and Leon King as you mentioned. We'll come on to previewing um, a quick preview of of the Champions League game in a little bit. But let's move back into Livingston and talk about the first half. Cami wasn't really much to talk about. I think my my frustration certainly at halftime was it was a little bit of ghost of Livingston past. Now everybody gets the fear about Livingston and they get the fear about the plastic pitch. Um, However, I think we're now at 14 wins out of 15 um, in all competitions, home and away, against Livingston. And the, the one that we didn't win was a, was a draw. Um, so that fear factor is fine, but it doesn't really bear out in terms of the results. And most of the performances have been pretty good. But the thing that chimed with me about the first half was it was very reminiscent of 
the start of the 55 season, where I think we drew 0-0, and it was just that kind of sterile possession, passing back and forwards. We had Suter and Goldson, who are supposed to be um, really good on the ball with those incisive passes. It just wasn't happening. Um, the ball was being funneled to Kent or Tavernier, um, and they were being asked to whip in a cross for Cholak, someone to try and get a scrap, etc. in that first half. It was all just a little bit jaded and maybe reminiscent of... Um, I want to say the bad old days, but reminiscent of the way that we used to play in these type of games. Um, what was what was your take? It was pretty uneventful in a Rangers kind of attacking sense. Yeah, I mean it was, and I think listen, the game started perfectly for Livingston in terms of their setup because scoring so early on in the game, they knew that you were just going to be able to you know camp in your own box. And I think you know watching the game back, there's, there's various periods as were mentioned there when you've got crosses coming in, you're trying to be able to try and break through the middle. Um, they had, I think, you know, 10 men sitting within their box, which is not a new thing for us, right? Because we know that that's what it's at. But Livingston were perfectly happy to be able to do that because they would have taken a draw before kickoff anyway. And now they were sitting, you know, with a lead. I think that the, the difficulty I had, Adam, and, and again, we'll, we'll kind of come on to this as we talk through the game and stuff, was it just felt to me that even when we had set-piece opportunities, we were really ineffective. Now, obviously, that, you know, we will come on to how that kind of came back and, 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 and certainly changed the, the scope of the game uh, later on. But, you know, the crossing going in, it wasn't hitting Cholak. Difficult to do, right? So I'll absolutely mitigate the fact that Livingston, you know, put as many bodies in that box as they possibly could. Shy will be able to try and get some sort of wicked deflection that was going to go in. Um, and it felt just very kind of U-shaped for me. It would go, come from the left wing, then it would get, you know, moved out to, to Kamara or, or, or Lundstrom in the middle, then it would get put out to the right-hand side and then back and forth and back and forth. And fundamentally, we have to get to a space where we're going to be able to try and get something a little bit more creative against that and, and work on being able to try and come up with something totally different. Um, I've, I've raised concerns. You guys will both know that I think, you know, there are times where I think a crossing could be better. I think it could be more precise. And I think that if we know that we're going to have to see that, especially at home this season, uh, where player, you know teams will come and just pack players in there to be able to get rid of whatever comes into the box, we have to have a better level of delivery, um, and that needs to kind of up its game a little bit more. The first half was not much to write home about, and I think for me we were probably passive in our passing because uh, it just felt like we were really struggling to be able to penetrate or or break down that you know two banks that were sitting there as well through the middle of the park. Um, but yet you can see guys like Lawrence, you've seen what he's done already um, within the pre-season games, that he definitely can find space to be able to try and get shots off. So I know that there's a bit of a growing frustration that we should be able to try and rotate that a bit more. John Lundstrom can do exactly the same. You know, we've, we've definitely seen that. So I think what we need to be able to do is use it as an opportunity just to learn how to be able to have a little bit, be a little bit more effective when we get such high amounts of possession and crossing. I just, on that, um, I found the first half, like, first season Steven Gerrard against the pack defence where Cammy's right passing was too safe manager said that passing was too safe and what we ended up just doing was a side to side shuffle ball goes to Barisic or Ken or Tav who put in a cross where there are six giant Livingston defenders surrounding Cholach and the ball gets headed away um, and it was repeat 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 and it was only in the second half when Tillman came on and we started playing through them that we began to, to get somewhere and um, I don't like two things about that midfield on Saturday. Rangers do not need, and I will die on this hill, two defensive midfielders in a game where we're going to have 80% plus possession. We don't. I think Second, I died on that hill in about 2019. Yeah, yeah we, we, do, we do not need. Parkhead, absolutely. Europe, absolutely. Right? Parkhead. Go for it. Yep. Ma, ma, die. Maybe even Tynecastle, right? Or, or, or maybe even Pitodri. But you're going to have a lot of possession in these games. You need guys who can use it. Secondly, Gio seems to think that Glenn Kamara can play in an advanced position, either as an 8 or a 10. I'm not sure I agree. He has lovely touches. He is skillful. But I... How, he's not... Somebody that's going to—you you saw the difference with Tillman, who can do it, yeah. right? I think that with with Kamara, he's a brilliant player, but I don't like him in that role. And I felt in the first half that he was because he does—he was getting into decent positions, but nothing was coming out of it. Um, and I think, as I say, you saw the difference in the second half when, when Tillman came in. And it's a strange one to say that 
well, I wouldn't play Kamara away to Livingston, but I would. It would be about my team if we're, take, if we're playing in the Champions League. But that's a fact. It's just a different role and a different type of position. And can I also say? Can I also say just a big shout out to the first name wrong of a new signing this season, um, to the Rangers fan who I think had a couple of pints. who shouted out that we should bring on Binman. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, the, the the thing I think for me that frustrates me about Kamara in games such as this is he just loves to take a touch. He just wants to be able to take a touch when it's pretty unnecessary, and then follow that up with it. There was one incident, uh, one incident in the just at the tail end of the first half, where if he'd played a ball first time to be able to get through, I'm fairly sure it could have been scored. I can't. I need to see it again. But he took a touch, and then the touch slowed him down as such that Livingston could then get a tackle and completely yep. stop the play. And sometimes, I mean, I'm not going into Adam's world of, you know, ticky-tack and all the rest of it, but sometimes quick first-time passing to break down a defence creates a space and opportunity. See, if you look at it, we, we saw the same thing happen to us uh, by Dortmund at Ibrox, where quick one-touch passing, first-time balls within the box will create opportunities. And that is not Glenn Kamara. He, he just enjoys the possession side of it too much for me. I think that's the I think that's the point. Is it's great away in, in Europe or even at home in Europe because Would, he's... wouldn't be out my team in those games. See no. away to no, no, first name in the team sheet guy. But I just I, you're asking me to do a role. I don't think. And I think even even in that it, it really depends how Lawrence and Tillman progress. They may become absolutely undroppable. Um, but even in those games this season, call him a defensive ten if you want to like exactly what Cammy said. He almost plays like a pivot. He's back to go and he can link things, but he's not going to be that guy who gets the ball on the edge of the box and threads passes through. I think he got one through for Goldson where he flashed it across, which was a really good pass. But more often than not, I think there's maybe a hesitation up there just because he's not that type of player. He can finish well. I think we've seen that against Leipzig and Benfica, I think, off the top of my head. Um, He can, but for me, I think, as Darren Stewart has said on YouTube, um, I was hoping that we might see Lawrence um, on the right and Tillman through the middle. Uh, against Livingston, um, and I think there's probably no coincidence that um, we did start to look a little bit better. We'll come on to that, but the last kind of flashpoint, I guess, of the first half, uh, David, would be um, both involving Scott Wright, uh, I guess. There was one tackle by Livingston left-back Philip Kankar, I think it is, um, which was really cynical when he got booked. Then there was another, which, to be honest, wasn't that dissimilar, um, and it did happen very, very quickly after. Um, We then had the very strange situation where they were given the opportunity um i guess with the referee talking to him he initially didn't talk to him but then he kind of went and spoke to the captain um, and and had a conversation with him um and then obviously all of a sudden he did look like his head had gone a little bit um oh, boy, and then boy had lost that he did debut too far up obviously yeah. it got to him happens right um i'm not saying that i lost my temper a little bit but i had to I had to stop myself from shouting, I'm glad Neighbours is finished now, you Australian. Um, <laughs> you know, get it up you. But um, look, you, you mentioned it. He was having a tough time against Wright. And Wright's pace did him a couple of times. And he, he halved him. Uh, the first one was a booking. Rangers picked up three bookings that first half, all of which were bookings. Right? No issues whatsoever. They were all bookings. Um, but then Kankar repeats his foul, his yellow card defence. And he gets, um, he doesn't get booked, which he should have. He would have been booked if he, had, he wasn't on a book. And I think that's the frustration as a football fan. And it doesn't just happen in Rangers games, right? But any football fan gets frustrated. It's a, a yellow card. It was a yellow card five minutes ago. It's a yellow card now. But he doesn't want to send a player off half an hour into a match against Rangers. So, uh, Kankar is allowed to say, and of course, when he goes and says to the captain, he's got one more foul and he's red carded. Unless the captain is a lunatic, he's going to turn around to David Martindale and says, Sub yeah. him because he's going to get sent off. So, um, for me, it was it, it, it's inexplicable. You can't, you can't, um, defend it, I think, as a decision. It was a poor decision, and again, it's not only just us. I watched. The highlights of the other matches the other night. I'm sure many of the many of the viewers and listeners will have watched the match uh, highlights between uh, the the Hibs um, St Johnston game, where it was shocking the, the the difference in decisions between what was considered a red card and then another worse tackle that wasn't. So uh, yeah, I, I, it's just a poor decision. And uh, what worries me is VAR wouldn't have 
you're going to still have to put up with that. I mean, the second, the, the, the reason I've always wanted Bar is I think our linesmen are diabolical um, in Scotland. I think they guess. I don't think they're fit enough. I don't think they're up with clay. They're always these wee more fans, tubby wee fat men, hurtling about in their, you know, they kind of look like upturned turtles a lot of the time. And I think you, if you can get something that will say, yeah, that was off, that was on, because they guess. He guessed in the second half with the Cholak one. So that's why I want it. But that's not something Barr gets involved in. He, he would still have been allowed to do that. And I think that's where you need the SFA um, rather than... And I get why they do this. They jump to the defence of their officials because it's harder and harder to get people who want to be an official. And it's a tough gig and you do get shouted at. But I keep coming back to this point. The officials get... He got £1,000 for that. That's not bad for three hours' work, OK? So you're paying him a good fee for this. The standard needs to be better and they should be taking that, that guy aside, doing what they do in England. There should be, you're not getting a game for a couple of weeks because that was too poor a decision and we can't be having that. But it never happens up here. It doesn't at all. Um, which, uh, we'll come on to the referees again when, when we get into the second half, Cammy. Um, I am struggling with the volume of comments coming in, so apologies <laughs> if I've not got to ones that are... Uh, you that you are told top. me, I've, I've posted this, you told me that it's the first night, we've not promoted it, nobody no, will don't be watch. here. And there's no, like, but I'm just checking, and all the feeds, yeah, no, that's just here, and the other feeds were over a thousand, and that's ridiculous, frankly. Yeah, it's um, always nice to be humble. I would have um, wore a hat and covered up my head, and then new people who haven't seen me before would, would think, I let, you know, I don't quite look like a tomato that's had a traumatic experience. I'm going to do a tactical one, obviously, because that is my that is my want. But Graham makes a good point. Does Gio not set it up as Big Bad John as a number six, Kamara as an eight, and Lawrence as a ten? Probably does, but when Livingston have got ten men behind the ball, um, it's pretty much just Lundstrom, Suter, and, and Golson sitting and everybody else going any manny. So Kamara was pretty much up at the edge of the box uh, along with Lawrence in this one. Um, Half-time, Cammy, the decision was made uh, to bring on Tillman. Um, I hope, sounds a bit weird, but I, I kind of hope that it was a match fitness type thing uh, and I hope that Van Bronckhorst isn't maybe going to be as cautious and uh, having those kind of two defensive midfielders. So first game of the season, crazy pitch. I know Tillman's had uh, a cruciate um, injury as well. Maybe all of these things come into come into the thinking for him, but he, he comes on at half time for, for Scott Wright, who... I didn't think it was terrible, but again, maybe similar to Kamara, Scott Wright has his uses in games and maybe trying to break down a low block isn't isn't really Scott Wright's forte. He's probably better um, on the break. So um, I can understand that substitution. I don't think he was terrible, but I can understand that substitution. Tillman comes on, um, obviously our first look at him in a competitive game, but I think that's probably the longest that we've seen him as well in, in the friendly. I think he only got half an hour against um, Spurs, if memory serves me correctly. I don't want to say he changed the game, as that's maybe a bit um, of a disservice to the goal scorers, but certainly when he came on, we started to see those little pockets opening up. Um, the physicality that he's got to hold off players seems decent playing when he's back to goal uh, as well. What did you think that, that change gave us? Yeah, I mean, I think it, you know you touched on the point there about the physicality. I think he moved players, and I think that's a really difficult thing to do. I think you've seen that within, you know, Alfredo Morelos can start to move guys. Roof does it, not necessarily using the physical part of it, but when you make intelligent runs and you make you know intelligent movements into other areas of the park, then you'll bring players with you naturally. And I actually think Tillman's got a bit of both, if I'm being honest, because he can physically move players if he has to, and he can look to be able to try and use a little bit of um, awareness around his kind of probably his 20 yard perimeter to be able to, to open up space for the other players being able to come into it. Um, touching on the right thing, I agree with you. I don't think it was terrible. I think Scott Wright takes a lot of heat, if I'm being honest, and I don't think it's entirely justified from the support. Um, it wasn't a change which I think, um, you know, made the difference in terms of how the game was about to shape up. You know, we'll, we'll probably come on to the, the next substitution that we'll, we'll, we'll probably delve a bit deeper into that. But for me, Tillman does look a level up. I think that we're going to see him in a European stage, which I think he's going to look very much at home in. Um, and it's probably a good introduction to him as well in terms of coming into, you know, that away game, shite pitch, difficult atmosphere because you're losing when you weren't expecting that whatsoever and then being able to come into it. And, and he, he could definitely contributed to what happened in the second half. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Absolutely. Um, David, we had um, across, I actually found the 
the target um, mm-hmm. in, in this half, which, which was a, a rarity, I think, with the volume that we were thrown in. Kent with a lovely ball in, Cholak with an outstanding header. Um, be interesting to see this one in VAR. I've got a bit of sympathy, if that's allowed, with with the, the assistant referee on this one. I think the, the angle um, there with Cholak being in front of him, um, I, I do think he was onside, but I can see why it wasn't it wasn't given. It is a really incredible. It's an incredible header. So in that way, you kind of assume there's no way that he was able to get that. Um, but I have a little bit of sympathy there. Hopefully, VAR can can stamp that one out. Um, but what yeah. was your thoughts on that? Exactly that. Um, I think his positioning is suspect. He's two yards behind the play. That's going to give you an angle where you're staring at it like that. And of course, then it's going to be difficult. And then immediately, you're guessing. Um, it is tough. Look, being a linesman, I can't understand why any human being would want to be. To be honest. Um, a ref I kind of get, but why would you give up your afternoon to run up and down getting shouted at by strangers with a wee flag in your hand? Um, definitely some sort of masochism, but it's a tough gig, and that's why I've, I've always thought if there's a way to just say, because offside's binary, you know, it's it's not uh, an opinion. You are or you aren't, and I would have liked it. And if he was offside, fine, then you know you can get frustrated, but you know he is, he is offside. Um he was unlucky with it, definitely. Um, already we've seen from from Cholachi's good finisher. Um, he had the, the one disallowed against Blackpool, unfortunately, but it was a good finish. He had that one, he had the one against Tottenham. Yeah. So he can clearly finish, but you're probably going to need to make him chances. He's not that sort of rampaging striker the way Alfredo is. He'll come back and, and get the ball and make some for himself. But who has very few of that quality? Um, and I think that, that, that we saw that. But I, I thought Tillman got closer to him which benefited him, and I think he was better than the second half, Cholak, and it's, it's unsurprising because Tillman was prepared to make that that step forward quicker. Uh, Cammy touched upon earlier, but wasn't too many touches, which we did in the first half. Um, Tillman played at a faster pace, and because of that, he brought everyone else in. I, I, I want to give a wee shout-out as well to Ryan Kent. Ryan Kent didn't have a good game overall on Saturday, but we talk a lot about bravery in football, and I think in Scotland we can get caught up that bravery's, you know, going up for a high ball or or getting involved in the physical stuff. Bravery can be when you're having a nightmare and there's three guys on you still saying, "Give me the ball, I'll make something happen." And he does it, and Tav does it as well. They're both guys who go, "No, no, I, I believe in myself." And in the end, he's nearly created a goal. He then does create a goal. He plays a vital part in us getting the victory. I think that is bravery as well. Um, and I, I think sometimes we undervalue those type of players because it can't be easy. At Gallant Pioneer, they didn't have a good game, but he popped away another resist. Exactly that. Guys who make differences because it would have been perfectly human and natural to go, I'm having a, I'm having a stinker here and kind of retreat into his shell and he didn't. And um, I think that's, that's really admirable. But but yeah, to go back to the initial point, um, there is definitely something there with Cholak. Um, we're kind of spoiled a wee bit by Alfie and his all-round game, the amount of things he can do. Not many other forwards will be able to do that, but I think if we can go back to 4-4-2, jumpers for goalposts, big guy, wee guy, I think if you make decent opportunities for Trulak, he will put them away. He will. Um, Cammy, on, on the, the Kent point, and I guess I guess Tavernier, because David mentioned that as well, Um I, I see it that they do get some criticism when things aren't going their way, uh, and then the the obvious comeback from people is, uh, but they don't hide uh, and they get on the ball. I, I think it's a little bit deeper sometimes. I think when there are these situations, I think the other players just say, oh, "We'll just give it to them, and they'll do no. something." Because, because did that you see happens. us in the nineties in Europe? <laughs> get to Brian and Paul. We might have seven right. guys on them, but just get to Brian and so Paul. So it's that expectation then, and the fans are thinking, "God, they've had loads of the ball today. Why are they not doing anything?" Whereas I don't want to pick anybody out, but maybe guys like Lawrence or, or Tolak haven't been as involved, or Scott Wright haven't been involved, and it's it's fallen to those two guys time and time again to to kind of dig us out of a hole. Um, and obviously both of them do. We'll come on to the goal in a wee second. But I guess I guess both of them do. And I guess we can roll out those cliches of, oh, that's what champions do. They get wins when they're not playing well. I think we kind of blew that to smithereens last year when we went behind, what, seven times in a row? Um, and we came back and won the majority of them. But I think we're now at the stage where can we just not go ahead, can we just not go behind and just try and play well and play through, play the way that we want us to play from, from the off? And we don't have to rely on Kent and Tavernier or Morelos digging us out of holes. 
Um, but the one man who does come on and dig us out a hole um, is Scott Arfield. Anybody who listens to me knows I'm a big Scott Arfield fan. I'm past the point of he's going to be a first pick, etc. I think that was two years ago. It's never going to happen. He's, he's not that player anymore. However, what he can do, and I think David Martindale pointed it out as well, Cammy was runs that he can make off the ball, even with those packed defences, the run that he makes across the, the edge of the box for Kent just to put that little in-swinger in for him to glance into the, the, the box. Those are the things that you can't really teach. Tillman coming on, giving us that movement, and then Arfield giving us those runs to to create a chance. I don't want to say it nothing, but that's a pretty aimless cross coming in from Kent if Arfield doesn't get his head on it. Um, it's that speed of thought and the movement to do that and break our deadlock, if you like, that, that makes Arfield crucial. He's never going to be a first pick anymore, but I think maybe we've seen why Van Bronckhorst, who does rate him very highly, why we've seen that he thinks he can probably still come on and play a part. Yeah, and I think, you know, to your point, just before I got into Arfield, I think, you know, when you consider that cross that comes in from Kent and, and obviously the free kick that we're going to talk about in a minute from Tav, the the common link is the fact that the two of them don't drop standards. They don't start to descale their efforts because they're not having a great game or their passing distribution has not been fantastic up to that point because they want to keep going and keep trialling it. Arfield, you're right, Martindale did mention in his post-match and he'd said to his team at halftime when they bring Arfield on, watch his runs and literally the first thing he does is be able to do it. And what what I loved about the Arfield goal was, if you watch it again, he knows that's going in the minute he's left his head. He doesn't even have to really look to be able to make sure that he beats the keeper. He knows exactly what angle he needs to get that on in order to be able to get it across the keeper's left-hand post, which is is, is fantastic. Um, I think that he can... One of the reasons, one of the principal reasons as to why we won our 55th league title is because of Scott Arfield. He came in at times uh, and hit a really great run of form when we really, really needed it. Um, and he's definitely able to contribute, as we saw on Saturday. Um, I, I think kind of coming back to that point as well, though, Adam, is that you're also then saying that he provides you with something a little bit different, which is exactly what we needed at that point. And he was alive when probably Livy just switched off ever so slightly. And that's the fine margins because, you know, you don't follow that runner and the guy's going to punish you. And that's that's not every player that can be able to try and do that. So for me, he, he absolutely does have a part to play with that. We are all hoping that we're going to have a strenuous season. And what I mean by that is loads of fixtures because we want to be involved in every cup competition we can get into and going as far in them as we possibly can. Scott Arfield will have a part to play with in that. I've got zero doubt. Um, but again, like you say, when you've got the opposition manager already calling out the fact that he's going to be a problem when he comes on, predicting that was going to happen, I think that level of impact speaks for itself. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, I'm just running through some of the comments. We've obviously you had some... Did mute yourself there? Like, I did, yeah. You hadn't muted on the screen, but your voice decided. Yeah, that, 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 I thought that would happen to me. But um, on Cammy's point there about Arfield, I love this. Um, he's from Livingston as we know. I think that's five in his last five against them. And Livingston are so good to him. They always give him extra tickets so he can get his family in. And Martindale was saying after us, he's like, you know, we, we keep, you know, he keeps impressing them when he brings. Um, it was a really good finish as well. It was, it was. And then just a few minutes later, David, we have um, James Tavernier with his first of the season. I think that's actually his first free kick and Rangers' first direct free kick goal since that ridiculous one at Tanadice, December 2020. Wow. Um, this one wasn't as as ridiculous. What I liked about this was the, kind of the, the comments that came out afterwards where Goldson noticed a bit of a weakness in uh, the Livingston goalkeeper's yeah. uh, setup. I think Barisic tried to exploit it, but it was maybe just a little bit too close and central. Barisic is one for, for the type of free kick taker he is, but Tavernier... Um, we used our kind of dummy wall quite well. It's Tillman and someone else, can't remember who it was, possibly Kent, that, that was, was in it. Lad, Tillman. So I, he will unsight you, yeah. It was a, I was going to say it's a strange free kick. You don't see many of those free kicks going in, which I guess does speak, David, too. Maybe there was a bit of a gap in, in yeah. their defensive area. We're not complaining. It was a no. it was a great goal two minutes after. Um, obviously, we get our field's goal, and that's us really kind of home and hosed from there. Yeah, I thought that the... The, the one you referred to, the, the Barisic one it was, there was a noticeable space um, and I was sitting um, with, with Stevie Bolads and he said to me, he's leaving a lot on that side and we wondered if it was deliberate as in, um, a, you know, a kind of bit of a psychological thing of, look, I'm, I'm giving you that and that's where he would be, you know, heading for. Uh, but it wasn't clearly, it was just 
hadn't lined the wall up correctly. And he found himself, I think, Adam, behind the wall, which is the last place a goalkeeper wants to be. You know, you they cover one side, you cover the other. Um, and they, they spotted, Dalton had spotted, he, he said to Tad, look, there's going to be an area there, which is all well and good, by the way. You still have to hit it. You know, this, it's easy enough to say that, but you still need to put it there. And that's exactly what he did. And uh, it was such a rush after not a great performance. You know, the two goals in a couple of minutes. And you remember why you're back at by how much you love it. Um, but, I, look, I, I honestly don't think that anyone could say Rangers didn't deserve the victory. Because, yes, we were poor in the first half. We didn't create anything. No doubts about that. Um, and Livingston um, took advantage of some awful defending, really poor defending, uh, and, and got the lead. But in the second half, Rangers played really well um, and were all over Livingston. And it's funny because as a fan, I'm sitting there going, it's got to be one of those days, you know, when the ball came back off the post and Tillman shot was saved. And then I think it was Lundstrom had one that just went past the post. Um, the offside goal, you, you're going, it's no other day. That's a football fan. But I was also thinking that if I was a neutral when I was just watching the game on a Saturday morning on, on the telly, I would be going, ah, there's a goal coming here. You know, it's it's inevitable. They're not going to be able to hold it because Rangers are battering them. Um, and thankfully, that, that did prove to be the case. Absolutely. Cammy, I guess it is a difficult place for teams to go, obviously, be for the good, um, a good few results there. I think someone was at Brian said a couple of um, right back at the start there that Dolly Menga two years ago. I think everybody feels like they've lost two years of their life, but that was actually 2018, um, September 2018, that, that Livingston beat us 1 0 there, which is obviously four years ago. So it's has been a quick two years, but yeah, um, we have had a very good um, run there. The pitch, new signings coming in, Cami. We could also argue as well Davies, Yelmaz, Matondo. Morelos will all probably be first picks when they come in. So we're missing kind of half of what we think or hope is going to be a very important um, team for us. If we want to be critical, and if if, we, if I can be critical, I, I do think we need some more quality chances from open play. Even you think Tillman's chance where he was in the box and he had it at the keeper, that comes from kind of a Barisic cross come short. Tillman's chance as well that he maybe just flashes wide comes from a Tavernier cross. They're great, fair enough, but I do want to see a little bit more of what we started to see in the second half, which was Tillman and Lawrence interchanging, trying to get balls down the sides, trying to get flashbacks, etc. A win is a win. Big players pulling out of holes is, is great, particularly on the first day, particularly difficult conditions, etc., as we said. But moving forward, we've got two home games coming up against Kilmarnock and St. Johnson. I would like to start to see us getting into those cha- those situations where we're creating kind of high-quality chances that aren't from set-pieces and crosses. Yeah, and I think, you know, as Gary Howden's mentioned to us there on YouTube as well, saying it's first game of the season, but it's a huge three points. I couldn't agree with that more. I think that's absolutely bang on the money. You're right, there is this this cloud, I think, that kind of hangs over us whenever we think we have to go to Almond Vale, the Tory, whatever it's called today, it'll change its name tomorrow. But I think, you know, most of us have kind of moved past that now in terms of just trying to look at it with a degree of logic, but... It's the season opener. It's a twelve o'clock kickoff. We're wearing a new strip. All these other variables that come into it, you know, the most superstitious among us. We're thinking, yeah, it's definitely lined up to beat us. I think for me, you're right. I, I want to be able to try and see more creativity that we can get from that. But to go back that first step, there's an element to that where I want to see players being able to try and use the ball effectively, but take the risks that we've been talking about before. Be brave and take a take a risk that means that you're going to do something effective with the ball rather than just simply getting rid of it. As in, I'm not passing it because I think something will happen here. I just don't want him to be the one that loses possession. And for me, the most important thing out the back of that is is know that you can dig yourself out of that hole. If you look at, you know, in retrospect now, we've got a huge result against the team that are well coached. They are, they know how to play to their strengths. That pitch, I don't care what anyone says, I've played on it personally. It's terrible. How that is a top-level pitch, I've got no idea. But all of these things that come into it, I still think our quality would show through, and thankfully it certainly did on Saturday. What we need to be able to try and do, however, is just accept the fact that we can see where we've had some success, but look on the areas of development. And I think that that area, that kind of phase within the middle of the park, Adam, as you know yourself, within how to be able to try and break down those packed defences, we need to be able to probably allow the players to say, look, you know, if you think you need to, then take a 
shot from range, you know, play that incisive pass. Maybe it's a loop ball over the top, but vary your ideas so you keep your opponent guessing because we have the quality to be able to break that down as long as we are, you know, again, like you say, uh, we've got the ingenuity to be able to do that. So we need to in, probably encourage and empower the players to do a bit more of that, I think. And that's that's going to be on Van Bronckhurst. Absolutely. David Allen, we're just asking, can we make this a regular Monday event, please? I think we'll, we'll either do a Monday or a Friday, but maybe not Maybe not both. We'll see how things go. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, why not? Uh, we've done it now. I don't need to follow them, do I? No, well, you need to do Mondays. So if, it, if it's a Monday, then it's you. But well, I've been, looking, can... I've been looking to move. Reduce think, your hours a little bit. I, I, I think he's already. I think you know. Are you, going, are you going part time? Part time? Is that what you're saying? Is it? <laughs> Quarter I time. Think, <laughs> Quarter I, time. Yeah. No, I am empowering you. Oh, yeah. To okay. go off and and I am I'm letting you fly. Uh, to to no, yeah, I, absolutely. We'd we'd be happy to. To, to do it, I don't want to be doing it like every night. There are other options available in fan media that you can go and do that if you want to say that's it. So, but yeah, we'll, we'll certainly. But I, I do think still that I am more suited to the non visual podcasting side of the business. But uh, we've got some handsome and good looking um, podders, we'll get them on more than more than us. Somebody said earlier we were the three stages of baldness. I like I that. That's, yeah. that's that's a really fair. Fair comment, but I'm just uh, happy I'm in the middle. Yeah. I always want to be in the middle. We're going to have to have someone more bold than me at every on every video. That's all I'm looking for. Yeah, we've got. We, we certainly don't lack for no. for bold guys, but uh, I, I'm fine. I'm comfortable in my Rangers Danis at this stage of the game, right? Um, at least one show this season will be dedicated to why four four two is the best formation. Why you should always have a man on the posts. For example, yeah. uh, I'm actually as soon as we finish this podcast, I'm actually going to go outside and stand on the post because <laughs> it's just a, I, I want to be ready at any given point. I think it's important for us to to you know Britain won the war by having men on the post. That's you know you might not read that in your history books, but that's probably a fact. Absolutely. David likes to David likes to regurgitate the old. I've never seen a zone score a goal. I've never what? seen a zone score a goal. Exactly. Um, uh, well, I haven't. I'm trying to think of a player who's got his own zone. name and yeah. failing miserably. Uh, that, but I, I, uh, I, I, equally, I, I didn't think I'd ever seen a Rangers player score a free kick since Alberts, and there on Saturday, one, one happened. So it's so all happening now. But yeah, so I, yeah, we, we, we'll be back. I hope people have enjoyed it tonight. Uh, we've enjoyed This was just a test run. Uh, I might, you know, I, Sally, my wife, folks, um, hates my curtains, and they are really ugly. The curtains in my room, in my office, and I accept they're, they're awful, but she doesn't like them, and she yeah, wants okay. me to change them, and therefore I can't because you can't let your partner win arguments because otherwise they get used to it and expect it. So that's why they're staying. But I'll get a background or something. Well, I'll get one of the Rangers ones that's got all the sponsors except Cinch on it. Yeah, you can get a green screen as well. We can we can green screen it up so you can have whatever you like. Um, <laughs> can, can I have here? Uh, yeah, sure. Oh, here we go. We've got a winner, Zona Dean Zidane. There you go. That's Absolutely. outstanding. That <laughs> is outstanding. That, I want to have a kid now just to call him Zona Dean. Steady on. That's not a that's, <laughs> that's not a my, good idea. Um, just before we finish up, then let's do a quick five minutes on on tomorrow night's game. I can't believe I'm going to have to try and pronounce this name, but we're going Un- Union San Gilwa, I think. Well um, David's team have travelled today. Obviously, we, we hear John Souter hasn't hasn't made it. Um, Ryan Kent, I think, hasn't made the trip as well. No. It's going to be interesting. There was a comment earlier on. I can't remember who it was. Sorry. Um, will it be a possibility that we might see uh, Matondo on on the left, yeah. uh, and then maybe open up? Tillman, wide right. Um, what's we your do. your thoughts on that? We suddenly have options, don't we? Um, we've got. I I don't think anybody would be upset if we saw the three of Matondo on the left, um, Tillman centrally, and Lawrence on the the right with the ability to interchange as well. We can swap round yep. as, as 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 the game changes. Um, but Lawrence played primarily last season for Derby on the left, so I think that he yep. might get the nod there. And of course, Fashion Sakala can play on the left. He's, I think he's more comfortable at the left side of the forward. I would maybe argue that he doesn't have the tactical discipline for an away match in Europe, and I think the manager likes that. Uh, 
that said, it wouldn't stun me if, if you see Scott Wright start because of that tactical discipline that the manager likes. And the manager really does like Scott Wright. So uh, that wouldn't stun me. In terms of the, the midfield, um, you mentioned earlier, I, I wouldn't go with all three of the the, the, the defensive midfielders, but this is, a for me, a Kamara and Lundstrom game um, or, or a Jack and Lundstrom game. I do yeah. like I do like Jack uh, next to Lundstrom. I think that they, there's a chemistry there. I think they complement each other really well. And I do think there's a, a good chemistry there um, that you don't get, for example, with Jack and Kamara, famously. It's become a thing. Um, Yilmaz is there. Do you chuck him into a game this big? It's maybe a wee bit unfair. If something goes wrong, he makes an error because he doesn't know where he's supposed to be. So I don't think the manager will do that. But... Um, no, look, I'm I'm confident of a good performance this round. I do think we'll get through this round. The next one is going to be a huge step up in class, realistically. Um, but I do think that we should have enough in our locker to to be able to to overcome ESG. Um, but they've been playing for a couple of weeks, Adam. They had a really good season last season, and I I don't think you can rule out when sides who maybe don't have a lot of um. Uh, this isn't somewhere they go. It's not a run-of-the-mill fixture for them to be at this level of European competition. Yeah. You have to take into account that there's almost a kind of intoxicating feel for them and their supporters, and you've got to you've got to be aware of that. You know, it's it's a bubble you need to burst when you go and you play a side there. So it will be a big challenge for us tomorrow night. But yeah, I can see us going with a four-two-three-one. I think Sands will play. Um, oh, and in terms of people have been asking, I, um, I did ask Rangers earlier about Ryan Kent. They said it's not serious, it's not a long-term issue or anything, but the game too soon for them. Cammy, um, the boys on the, the preview over on the, the Patreon site, um, actually you can see the ticker running along there. So if you're not a subscriber, get yourself over to heartandhand.co.uk forward slash Patreon. You can sign up there up to five shows um, for as little as one ninety nine a month. Um, but the boys on the preview were saying that uh, USG are, are very similar to most Belgian teams. Certainly, if you remember when we played against Antwerp, Cami, um, they're a bit wild at the back, not so good at the old defending in the Belgian league. Sakala and Matondo have run riot in consecutive seasons there. Um, could it be as simple as one on one flank, one on the other flank? Um, and see how things go. They've they've proven they can play against these these type of players. And in Matondo's case, I think he actually scored against USG last last year. Could that be something that we do in the absence of maybe guys like Morelos um, and Kent tomorrow? I mean, you could do. It. I don't think there's a there's an overwhelming need to go gung ho because what you get to remember is USG will not have appreciated getting us out of the hat. They would not have appreciated the fact that um, they've got to play the second leg at Ibrox, which uh, you know will be packed. I've got zero doubt about that. Everyone will be looking forward to that. So I think they'll think that they have to do something at home because their away leg for them will be very, very difficult. Mm. Um, so we could potentially just sit and absorb that, you know, hitting the counter with the guy's pace that you just mentioned there in terms of whether it's the tone, whether it's the cal or whatever. But we do have pace to burn with these guys and stuff as well. I think David touched on the point earlier on. I'm not overly keen on Sakal in terms of some of his decision making at times, but let's face it, he can drag players with him when he absolutely puts the afterburners on. Um, all that being said, I don't believe that there's easy games in Europe. I think that when you talk about qualifiers, especially, uh, you know, these clubs see the financial incentive that's involved within here in terms of they're able to get into it. So the labs sort of look to be able to try and do whatever they possibly can for it. Um, and I've sat with you chaps as we've watched qualifiers, which I'm glad to say, you know, after the event turned out to be an absolute walk in the park. So I'd rather be cautious uh, and optimistic than turn around and go, well, let's go in there with an overabundance of swerve and arrogance and stuff. So I've got zero doubt the manager will set them up uh, in a way to make sure that we go out there with a concise performance. Um, you know, would you say to me, could I take a draw to Snow and be comfortable at? Yeah, of course I would, because I think if we take them back to Ibrox, I'm, I'm very confident what we can do there. Um, most important thing, I, I don't, I don't think that we'll see um, too many changes. Um, I, I think you know, for some of the players, it will be a little bit early. I know that in some of the comments, people have said about Davies and various other things. I've got no overwhelming need to rush these guys in. Perhaps we give them some time at home against Kilmarnock on Saturday, and then we see what we can do in the away leg if there's a necessity for it. But there's no point in bringing players in just for the sake of it. I think we've got enough in there that we can we can do that. And again, I would be very comfortable with the. Um, Goldson Sands partnership at the back because 
I don't think they're mugs, but I think they will look to be able to try and exploit us where they can. Yeah, David, I think Cammy's kind of spot on there. We think we've got three home games coming up after this one. Um, obviously, Kilmarnock at the weekend. Maybe that's the time for Davies and Yilmaz to come in because yeah. although we're saying USG, we got to a final last year, we should be favourites in this game, yada, yada, yada. I think maybe Suter not being there complicates it slightly, but but certainly I think Sands and Barisic for this game should be should be absolutely fine. They've obviously had the full pre-seasons. Um, Barisic in particular was looking quite good. Maybe wasn't as good at the weekend. Sands, I think, has come on in every game so far um, and looked pretty good. I, I would probably go with that. I was going to say tried and tested. I'm not sure Sands is, but um, rather than just throwing people in for their debut, I think maybe Ibrooks and Saturday feels better for both of them. Yeah, I think that there's the natural thing as football fans to go, let's get them on, because we're desperate to have a look at them and we're excited by them. But um, give them a few more days in training, a chance to actually sit and watch, you know, again from the bench and see close up the guys they'll be playing with. I think that's always important. Uh, yeah, for me, there's too much on the line here, I think, to, to risk. And as I say, I, I'd be worried that one of them goes in, has a howler, makes a mistake, and suddenly they're up against it. Whereas instead, I'd be comfortable tomorrow night going with Barisic and, uh, uh, as you said, Sands and men at the weekend, Kilmarnock, you know, with all due respect to them at Ibrox. Uh, you know, again, a Derek McInnes team at Ibrox. I think we're going to have a lot of possession, can we yep. put it that way? So, uh, yeah, I think that's the sensible way to go with it. Also, I'm still scarred, as you mentioned there, about saying we were in the final last year and we should beat them tomorrow. Um, somebody said on the thread, don't take them lightly, Kaunas. 100 percent. That's exactly you are, it. You you cannot. Last year is gone. It's wonderful. We we loved it. It's done. It's in the books now. It's not a thing. Um, if we don't turn up tomorrow night, focused, ready, and sharp, then we'll struggle. And we've got that safety net, obviously, of of the Europa League. But I hope the team aren't going in there thinking thinking that as well. I think most of them would be. Um, very, very keen to get into the Champions League. So hopefully um, this is the first step on it tomorrow. Okay, I think that will do us. But before we go, we've got a very, very well-timed... Oh, I cannot. I don't believe that that... Very uh, well-timed. I don't even know who who Darren Stewart is, but he has... Does he work for a publishing company? He's the guy who messaged you earlier on saying, do you want me to plug the book on the live show later? I cannot believe that. That's... Here uh, it is, Darren. Darren, here is the book. If you want me to plug it, I will. I don't like to, to plug it too much, but if you want, I will. This is the first copy came through the door. Um, it will I, be I, out. Am I in it? You're in it? Yeah, I told you you're on the first page. Hard right, hand. I'll take it. I'll take it. Okay, <laughs> good. That's me. That's me got 10 sales now, which is good. Um, <laughs> but yes, it is available two weeks today. You can order it just now, heartandhand.co.uk forward slash Gerard's blueprint. Um, Simon, I can't believe yes. you didn't get the link saying Adam's book Do you know, I was thinking about doing it on the, on the hoof there but uh, I haven't, Simon Meek, yes anyone that's pre-ordered I'll just sign them all um, I, I'm acting like there's lots of them there really isn't but I'll, I will sign them all it won't take me too much time well, um, well, but two you, weeks today will, will you write me a sexy message? oh maybe, uh, maybe will you write like to David what are you wearing love Adam <laughs> yeah okay I will do that <laughs> Absolutely. If you're buying I it, feel, I'll write whatever you want. very much a spare part at this point. Now. <laughs> I think it's a bold thing that you two just need to... There's a, lot, there's a lot of love in the room, Cameron. Yeah, you're ruining my plug. Two weeks today, it's out. Buy it on the website if you want. You might not get it for, for launch day um, now because it's, it's too late. But yeah, buy it, please. Thank you. And Darren, <laughs> well, well done, Darren. That was well-timed. What a great first show this has been. Okay, that will do us for tonight. David, this was uh, new and exciting um, and very much enjoyable. So thank you for um, allowing us to do it, first of all, and thank you for coming on. Yeah, it only took you how long you've been talking about this for years. Three years. Yeah. Never let it be said that I don't listen to people when they hammer something at me for four years. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I, thank you. Seriously, thank you to everyone who watched. I was saying to Adam and he'll tell you that I was like if we get about 50 or 60 the first night I'd be over the moon with that uh, so wow you guys are amazing thank you for doing this it's just outstanding and, and hopefully next week you know if we're more used to it or next time we do it we'll be able to take more questions and stuff like that 
Yeah, definitely. Now that we know actually how it works, um, we can have one person running the questions and one person commenting. I, I didn't really appreciate the the numbers of. Oh, look, can you? What was that? That Donny Robertson. Now, can you put up a link for the book? Oh, okay. If you insist, we'll get a link up for the book on on YouTube. That is that is pure opportunity uh, opportunism from Donny to get his name up on the screen there. Probably. Yeah. I like that, Donny. I admire that. You should get a free book for that. Send Donny a book. One, think, I'll send Donny one of I your eight everyone, I think everyone who's joined us tonight should get a free book. If yeah, okay, that's us done. Cammy, thank you very much for joining <laughs> us. Yes, yeah, thank you. Thank you, boys. Um, and listen, as, as David says, we're always overwhelmed by the amount of support we get when we do events like this and stuff as well. So thank you for taking your time on a Monday night to come in and join us. It's uh, it's it's always a pleasure to do it. Absolutely. Like I said, the comments, etc., have been overwhelming. I've tried my best to use only the PC ones and try my best to get the topical ones on. Hopefully those of you who, who didn't get a comment um, discussed, we can do it next time. Um, hopefully we're back on Friday with, with extra. I'll have to see if I can get someone else willing to come on uh, come on video with us. Um, but fingers crossed we're back talking about uh, a Rangers win and, and previewing Kilmarnock. Thank you all for joining us and hope you have a nice night. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.